Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and no one is going to want our livers. At least not after today. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. And I'm starting with a beer from the off-color brewing company called Little Friend. I didn't bring this. Who brought this one? I brought this one. Okay. Uh, this is getting to kind of a big surprise in the plot halfway through the book. All the main characters are, in fact, clones. And, you know, your clone, it's like your little friend. Especially if you're thinking of the late Vern Troyer. He was a little clone and a little friend. He was, yes. In, in his seminal role of mini-me. Seminal? That's gross. Poor guy had such a short life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had this for something fairly recently. Perks being Wallflower, we did this. It was fine then, and it's fine now. Yeah, it's a, it's a table beer. It's a beer for just... It's, it's As we were talking about last time... Um, Remember the last time? I don't know when it was. We were talking about... Years ago. It's crushable. <laughs> crushable, yeah. Calling it a table beer is the gen- the genteel way of saying crushable. It's like fits it's with the British boarding school theme of the book. Okay. <laughs> it's a table beer. As opposed to... Crush it. Do you crush it when you throw a man through a table? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's really... I'm trying to like pick out an individual taste in here. I don't really get much. Beer. Yeah. There's definitely strong beer notes in this beer. I'm getting a hint of uh, something like a like a beer, and there's a strong uh, whiff of beer on the finish as well. Yeah, I, I get that too. I get that too. Yeah, strong beer undertones. Maybe a little bit more beer than beer, though. <laughs> if they put pilsner on the label, would you doubt that for a second? I thought it was a pilsner. All right, I got a pilsner. That's what it tastes like. It's yeah. I think the difference is pilsners are a lager, and this is probably not. The secret ingredient is money. It doesn't say lager on here or pilsner or anything. So. Who knows? Well, okay. So you already ruined the surprise that they're clones. Were you guys surprised by that? The first time I read this book, I was fucking blown away when I, when I found out what was happening. Yeah, me too. Definitely I, surprised. I didn't, I didn't know they were clones, but I got that they were organ harvesting children by like 10, 15% through the book. Well, they, they, they blow it open into about 40% is when they yeah. spell it out. But they, they allude to it pretty heavily. I was like, that's kind of weird. And then I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, maybe it's that. Maybe it's not. And they're trying to be that. Like, okay. The clones thing I was not keen on. So let's like, let's explain what that is that you're talking about. They the main character is Kathy, and she's at the end of her life reflecting on her childhood at in the beginning of the book at Hailsham, the um, elite kind of boarding school she goes to. Or at least it seems the bougiest of the bouge. And they have all this jargon, these um, euphemisms they use for things that they aren't explained. So they talk about people who make donations, people who complete, and the other one is you're possible. Those are the three euphemisms I think in the book. Yeah. And you don't really explain what they are right away, and the characters just kind of talk about them. And you don't know what it means. Unless you're Jimmy, apparently. I'm just really smart. You got the idea that something had to do with organs, like, pretty fast. Because they're told they had to be very healthy. Yeah. They couldn't smoke. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, you, but they didn't spell out the other They keep talking about later. donations. Yeah. It's like, oh, I gotta get ready for my donations. Right, and they're being fucking... a carer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she, so Kathy H., she's at the end of her life reflecting on what she's, on her childhood, but still most of it is really about their childhood at, at Hailsham. Yeah, And so it really, for the first part of the book, it really just sounds like this is just a story of some kids at, at fancy boarding school. And, and you don't... Unmagical Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you don't, you don't realize for a while what the weird stuff is that's going on. Even once you do, though, it still stays 90% English boarding school stuff. And I think mm-hmm. there's a reason for that, but we'll get to that. So, the, yeah, it's all about the characters' interactions. Like, and then everyone was mean to Tommy because he had a tem- temper and it was easy to get going. And everyone fucked on him. Like when he hurt his elbow and he had like a stitch in it or something like that. Now, dude, if you move your elbow, your whole fucking arm will come out of that hole. Yeah, it'll just well, unzip. I mean, it'll unzip like a, like a banana. You'll just lose that's, all the that's skin science. on your arm. He's like, please just strap my arm down when I go to sleep. I'm afraid I'll move it in my sleep. <laughs> Tommy's a fucking dumbass. Yeah, he was, he was way too trusting. And the kids were pricks to him. And it was kind of funny in that sense. In the, you know, the few moments of humor this book allowed. I told, my, I told my brother that when you turn 18, you have to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. <laughs> so how long did you let him believe that? Just for a few minutes. Uh, he was pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> were you 18 at the time yet? Yeah, I was. And you were like, yeah. He was 16. He was <laughs> not looking forward to it. <laughs> I, did, I did it. I just did mine. Yeah, you, everyone has to do it. You know that? Like, what? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. yeah I got to get that. <laughs> Roto Rooter in there. Camera on there. Um, so let me let's get down to the plot that's actually the interesting thing. Because a lot of it is kind of like well, a lot what's of happening. The, here. A lot of the plot is just sort of like the friend drama between Kathy, Ruth, and 
what's the, what's the guy's name again? Tommy. Don't Tommy, ask. right? Tommy. Stupid it's pants. really like that's most of what, at least the first half of the book, that seems to be like the main thing going on. It's just, you know, we're friends, but they're still teenagers, and it's sort of like teenagers figuring out and the world. Ruth and Tommy and, get together. And Ruth and Tommy get together. And just, you know, but it's like, oh, and Ruth is my friend, but, you know, they're also like, I angry fuck at each other all the time. She never says she wants to fuck Tommy. She, she wants to fuck It's Tommy. obvious they want to fuck each other, but they don't say it ever. Mm-hmm. Tommy's just too fucking stupid. To Good thing he didn't have to do a brain donation. <laughs> <laughs> he could never donate his brain. I don't never. want that thing. I'd rather die. <laughs> so the plot that you find out later, the big twist that you find out much later, is that these children are clones who have been uh, bred. bred. Yeah. Raised. And they're being raised, so when they get to be adults, they will be harvested for their organs. Well, they're like their their twenties, maybe. They're not really adults, are they? Well, I mean, I mean they're, they're adults an adult in most countries. I mean, yeah, but they're not like they, 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 they don't make it to like forty. And they're not. It's not. I know that's not hipster adult age or like millennial adult age. It's not until you're like thirty seven. In my late, late, late teens. <laughs> but they're like they got to be in their mid to late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, some go earlier and some go later. Yeah, and there's never really quite clear why. I guess it's just whenever their organs are needed. By their original, the possible, uh, the person, but then that's not explained either. Is it that that are they like replacing that person's organs? I I don't think so. I, I thought it was probably not that. I thought their organs were just of going to be available oh, for whoever open source. Them. Yeah, and yeah, because they don't take them all at once. Yeah, they take them. You, know, you make two or three or four donations before you complete. Tommy's a very lucky boy who makes four. Yeah. Right, and everyone thinks, oh man, he's a hero. So like, what is that? I guess they take a kidney, take a lung. Yeah, like, what can they take and you stay alive? I mean, I'm not Out, a doctor. You could chunk a liver, right? You could take that. The right? liver, liver is the easiest one because it grows back on its own. I mean, bone marrow, technically, but you don't actually have to kill the person to take that. Yeah, that doesn't count. I, I was thinking, medically, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense because, I mean, usually, I mean, now when someone donates an organ, it's because they're dead. But the thing is, when someone's dead, you can take all of their organs. Like, it would make much well, more so sense there's still, there's still a massive shortage. <clears throat> but it would make more sense medically in a world, and I'm not advocating Where this they could just by any means. force it. That if you're going to grow people specifically to harvest their organs, you just kill them and take all their organs all at once. Well, what if you yeah, want why would you wait till they're 20 for, Why years would you old? take only one and then give them like millions of dollars in medical care? You want them to you be know? fresh. You don't want a dead guy's organ. That's icky. <laughs> I mean, that's well, technically it's always. It could be like they could be rich people who paid for sweet, sweet organic organs. No, I think it's in the book. Clinton it seems green. like it's a whole societal thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody does this, and nobody really wants to think about where it comes from. And that's like the central problem of the book. That is this, is, this a, is this a vegan propaganda book? Uh, no, there'd be more uh, mentions of Brooklyn if it was. That's true. Yeah, Williamsburg, particularly. But they, it's like super ineffective, inefficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why would you keep them alive for? Like, you could take the organ from a person at fifteen, as opposed to twenty-eight or twenty-four. Maybe the lung, they maybe the lung is too they're not actually working or doing much of anything. Maybe the lung is too small when they're 15. Can wait till give you an adult size. But like, sorry, so when you're 18, most people are pretty much done growing by then. There's not a lot. It's not a lot. There's not a lot. You can only donate book. your heart once. So, like, you know, they first donation, second, first donation, second donation. They keep talking about third donation. You know, like, well, obviously, it's not the heart the first time. Maybe the heart is the last one. But then, they can, then there's a whole bunch of other parts that are good that, to go. The mm-hmm. other kidney, the other lung, the liver, the rest of the liver. The dick. The dick, yeah. What else What else can you donate? Uh, corneas. Corneas, okay. Maybe, maybe that's one of the donations is one eye. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's, you wore an creepy. eye patch for a while. Well, I mean, if you're going to die anyway, one eye patch is probably the least of your concerns. It's true, but like, it doesn't it's make easier a than lot of sense. easier than one lung. It's true, but then they just kind of like sit feebly in a hospital bed for another six months until they die. Like kind of rec- recuperating, but also not really. They get a little bit. They get a little bit less sick than when they just give the organ, but they don't get fully better either. Yeah, that part of the book didn't make much sense. But just take take everything as Nate says. I'm sure someone out there needs that one. I guess so. It's not. It's not spelled. I mean, out. I mean, like why why wouldn't they take all of it at once? I'm sure they could find a use for every organ at any one time. I think. Plus, there's just so many clones. Well, there are. There's schools there are, yeah. all over the fucking place, and there's new and, crops of kids. But they couldn't grades. be. They couldn't be and, like and, and two Halisham million of them. Hailsham, Hailsham, whatever was a special place. Most of the other clones don't get to be raised in this like amazing, super uh, like really. The other kids were. Education. Other kids were jealous, and that's an important part of the book too that we'll get to. But you know, and when when I started thinking about it, like why would they just take all the organs all at once? That seems a little weird. I was could I was thinking to myself, you know, um. Is that bother me because I've read so much science fiction and it feels like that's what a science fiction book should do? Or am I just being too 
where is it fine? And this is because it's literature, you know, it's supposed to be like this. I don't know. I wasn't sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, only like the cusp of a sci-fi. It's just like more like a young teen drama plus organs. Well, yeah, there's a serious sci like the plot that falls apart without the sci-fi element. Right. That's so it's an otherwise there's a bunch of whiny bitches. True. And it, but it is also like highbrow. It was shortlisted for the Booker, and the reason we're reading this is because the author just won the Nobel Prize in Literature a few months ago. Yeah. So he's considered the real deal, um, since they've already given one to Bob Dylan. So like, <laughs> who's left? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a science fiction book, but it kind of is. It has, to, but it has to kind of be because of the weird science fiction parts in it. Because well, when we think science fiction, I think of like spaceships and lasers and robots, occasional slaughterhouses, mm-hmm. but not British non-magical boarding school and uh cassette tapes which and lost cassette tapes yeah that was weird super nut beer mm-hmm. yeah to me that one this is the other another repeat actually it's called yours truly because these organs are for you <laughs> <laughs> it is by ninkasi brewing company is it a pilsner i don't know uh session pale ale or something easy drinking ale Crushable. It just smells super, like, grainy. It's a whiff of grassy hop smell in there. We had this as for Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. A day I was so fucking drunk, I don't remember much of it. Yeah, I don't remember it either. So when I listened to the podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, we did say those things. Oh, God. No, we could hear some <laughs> of those things. Oh, God, are you there, God? <laughs> it's me, Michael. I'm this so is, sorry. This is an easy drinking ale. It's pretty easy to drink. It's a good lawnmower. It doesn't beer. fight back. Barbecue, sitting by the pool kind of beer. I mean, there's there's definitely times when you want to drink this, and as the weather gets nicer, mm-hmm. like, you kind of have to shift. You can't just be drinking 12% stouts. And you yeah. can, but then you're in like the beer sweats. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to shit in your swimming pants. You just get hammered drunk. I mean, I do that. I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah, but with my first beer, that's like... I, mean, I, I shoot my load early in so many other instances of my life. I don't need to do it there. That's cool. Your mom doesn't listen, Jane. You got to change your sheets every day. They just have like a permanent crust on them, actually. They're brittle. They snap when you move too quickly. <laughs> it's like a, like a pond in late winter. You, know, you get on it, you can feel the ice is ready to give. Where were we? <laughs> These fucking British kids are whining about shit. Well, they're whining about shit that kids whine about. Like, Certainly, they're fighting yeah. about stupid crap. Boys. Oh, Ruth and is being a real who? bitch. And Tommy mm. does his stupid... Every, everything he does is stupid, but he draws really cool imaginary creatures. Not, not, not yet. At, not first, no. at first, he no, just fucking t- kicks chairs it, over. It takes him a while to find what he's not fucking worthless at. Yep. Because everything else he does, he's shit. He's a shitty artist. And the kids are mean to him because he's a shitty artist. That's the kind of very, school they go to. Is this school in Vermont? <laughs> Jesus, Tommy, what a terrible still life. <laughs> Grow up. Your cubist work is terrible. <laughs> the kids are given a ton of art classes. I mean, and poetry, for, for, we find out for a reason. And literature. Later, and at and first, it's just, you know, well, they just do a lot of art. <laughs> well, they'll never have to learn accounting. So. Well, they're going to some stupid Montessori school or something where they don't actually have to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they do, they get a very um, liberal arts kind of education. They don't seem to be doing a lot of math. They don't do any history, it seems. They don't need to know that. No. <laughs> they don't do any history, which is kind of important, too, later but on. But they do like a lot of philosophy and literature and stuff like that. Yeah, that's all. They, oh, let's go talk about Proust for a while, guys. That's going to mm-hmm. be awesome and totally useful when we need to get a job. Just kidding. You only have one job. Yep. To become a carer. So that's the sequence. Yeah, they go to the school. Out. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of go to this halfway house school. You know, where they, like but, they, but they don't have a job or anything. Good. They just hang out in the cottages. It's like fuck a, each other. It's like a hippie summer camp. But there's an old crotchety man. Like, kind of like a summer camp. It's like the counselor guy. Like the guy you was, rascally kids. Yeah. Oh, you. I'm going to bring you more wood because you, you need to make fires because it's winter. Like, yeah, no shit, dude. There's no heating. You need, need to stop complaining about giving them firewood. Yeah, he's the What's cheapest old bastard. <laughs> and he's mean. And uh, was it Keffers or something like that was his name? Something like Keffers. that. Yeah. And um, they then they go to begin their training. You know, so like by the time they're you know nineteen twenty, they train to become a carer. They do that for a little while, take care of the people just a little bit older than them who are now being cut apart. And then they get cut apart, and someone takes care of them. It's a beautiful cycle, like a butterfly. <laughs> if other butterflies would you know rip that one's wings off when theirs got old, they totally do that. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? Butterfly. What do you think? New butterflies get their wings. <laughs> you can't just make those. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it works. 
Thoughts? And that's the whole book. Well, but there's, not, I mean, <laughs> there's like, there's kind of more to it than that too. Yeah. So you find out, so, um, okay. So you, uh, I gotta figure out what I'm saying here. Uh, <clears throat> among the kids and amongst the other clones, even the ones who don't go to the school, they're told, they're sort of the rumors amongst them that you, there is a way you can delay having to start donating your organs. A deferment. Yeah. They call it. And all the kids think is what they think is if you can prove that you're really in love. Right. That's what they think it is. That like you somehow have to find the right person or fill out the right form or go through the right interview. But they think that's, that's the key. They, if you uh, can prove that you're really in love, you can get your, you can get your deferment. Yeah. They're only, and they're only looking for a couple of years, but the reason why I think they, they believe that is because they, they're sterile. Right, mm-hmm. they learn that they are sterile, and they're kind of encouraged to not just go out and fuck everybody. They're like, no, you should only do that with you know, it should be special and with someone you love, so they don't get syphilis or some shit. And yeah, well, that's probably part. That's probably why they were told that. Mm-hmm. But they all just bang each other rampantly. Like, I mean, all the time. If you're gonna die by 25 and you don't have to do anything, that's what kids are gonna do. Well, I, I made it past 25, but my goal was to try to have as much sex as I could in my life well, too. They would be much more accessible for I all didn't of them. Succeed much, but I mean, I think that's most people's goal is to like, if I could. Find a hole that wants me in it. I'm going to be there. At least that was my thought when I was a student. Like these kids. Yeah. But I mean, everyone, every one of them will feel that way. So it'll be more rampant. Even more so than it is now, which is pretty rampant. They were just, there was some, there was a lot of boning going on at Hailsham. It's hot. Hottest parts of the book. (laughs) (laughs) When I had to take my fat breaks. Don't read about these kids fucking each other. So I was saying to my, my wiener was saying, never let me go. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got 90 seconds, I let it go. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so Another beer? Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, well, since, let's talk about Ruth, that piece of shit. This is about her. She's kind of a whiny bitch. She's kind of a, like a manipulative. Yeah, she is. She's, she's a shitty friend. She's a really shitty friend. And that's why we're going to drink this one for her. This is Ballast Point Sour Wench. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a blackberry ale. Oh, it smells tart. And it is berry-ish colored. It's definitely got like a reddish purpley tinge to it. It is not like an amber colored beer red. You could smell the berries. It smells very sour. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not that as tart as I expected it to be. It's pretty tart. It's tart. We've had things that are more tart than this. Yeah, because some beers taste like a fucking old sock. <laughs> I think some of the sours out there, it's like blue cheese ale. Oh. This, which sound, I love blue cheese. That sounds like the worst fucking thing I can think of. Besides like pastrami cottage Pilsner. cheese ale. <laughs> yeah, the pastrami one. Cottage cheese ale. That is... Same consistency too. <laughs> but watery. Like cottage cheese has like a... Yeah. 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 People... I, I remember once accidentally thinking it was a yogurt cup and it was a cottage cheese thing. I was like, oh, God, this has gone bad. <laughs> this is not good. I read a thing about a... No fruit on the bottom. A funny joke you can play is you get a mayonnaise bottle or jar and fill it with vanilla yogurt and just sit around in parks and eat it with a spoon. <laughs> really freak people out. It's like, oh, my God. It's disgusting. Who, who is the joke really on there? Because you're the man on the park bench eating out of a mayonnaise bottle. It's on them. Like You will get arrested if you're too close to the playground materials. You're not using the master the mayonnaise on your dick. <laughs> you don't eat it with use a spoon. You can't eat it off your dick. You're not that flexible. Oh, not God. Steve Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. What does Steve Bannon do? Sucks his own dick. He's trying to. That's what, what the who mooch among said. us has not tried to suck their own That's dick. What the I have said. not tried. Let he who has not tried to suck his own dick <laughs> cast the first stone. I will cast a stone. From what I've heard from people, it's a lot more like sucking a dick than having your dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> One of those is way more noticeable. <laughs> Who told you this? <laughs> I probably read it on the internet. No one I know has been able to do it. <laughs> I mean, if you really had to think about the two conflicting uh, feelings going on there, you're going to notice one of them a lot more. You're certainly going to taste one of them a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really a forefront in your, in your mind. <laughs> and the back of your neck. Man. Did the man from Nantucket tell you that? Yes, but it sounded like... <laughs> I don't know. I still feel like... I mean, I've tried. And if I could, I'd at least give it the good old college try at least once a I, day. I knew one, one kid that managed to lick it. But he's a weird dude. He's a weird fucking dude. 
Yeah, because he's been driven mad <laughs> by being that close. <laughs> Most of us, it's not even a chance. He, appro- he's, he's, he gets to glimpse it. He's like the guy in Amadeus. He's like, I could see the glory and the genius, but I, it's not for me. He's the, he is the asymptote of Autofellatio. <laughs> That's a terrible punishment. He must have been a Nazi in his past life. <laughs> That's his punishment. You, you can almost suck your own dick. <laughs> just enough. Get just close enough. Just the tip. <laughs> and then not even. Just <laughs> That's awful. That's like that's like Chinese water torture. How could you live how could you go through life like that? Well, I, I don't know if he's able to maintain that. It might have been just like a boop. Still. Like a bounce stretch. He's gotta do some yoga or something. I think that's the only reason people do yoga. <laughs> it's, it's, only dick. it's only reason men do yoga. I think they do yoga to look at women's asses as they bend over in front of them. Nope, that is a secondary reason. The first reason is to suck their own dick. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a primary reason for the reason I do just about everything in life. It's like, is this, is you this do goal? everything, so you is can this suck me your own dick. to sucking my own dick. And if it's not getting me further from it, then I go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you just don't do any, like, really, uh, like, uh, what's it called, like, posture exercises? No, I don't do those. I want to like work on like my hunch, so I can just <laughs> naturally grow into it. So like You're a, just like doing everything you can to get scoliosis. I'm working on it. I don't need to be tall. I need to be long. You know, that's, what I mean. <laughs> that's about the angle. <laughs> so Tommy doesn't have to suck his own dick. He's with Ruth, who's a sour wench, because she's a manipulative mean bitch throughout the whole book to Kathy and to Tommy and to everyone else. She kind of sucks. She's like a two-faced person, right? She's wants she's, to always be cool. She's like the mean, the mean girl. The Mean Girls of Hailsham. Which is why when her fucking organs get cut out of her, I was happy when she completed. That she didn't have a heart to donate. (laughs) She had a lot of bile. And a giant cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was all of her. Every time she sat down on a chair, she just hit the floor. (laughs) Damn it, damn it, Ruth. That's the third chair you've eaten this week. (laughs) She's hitting me in the back of the teeth. (laughs) I like the beer. (laughs) It's all right. It's not really my thing. I, for a sour beer, it's also a strong for, for sour beer. For a sour beer, it's pretty good. It's 7% alcohol. That's pretty strong for sours. And normally they're a little lighter. 7% is pretty strong. Is there a reason they're lighter? I think because they're supposed to be crushable. Quaffable. Are they really? I think that's why a lot of people, a lot of people like them for that reason. And they're like light. It's fucking kind of I've never noticed them as being crushable because it's normally like, oh God, I can't do much of this. <clears throat> people, I don't know too many people who really love sours, but what I've always asked, like, what am I missing? And they're like, actually, it's a cool beer to, you could just drink a bunch of these and it's not too heavy and it's not too It's more powerful. like, it's more like juice. than so it's got like a juicy flavor where you can just say, this is like a, like a Mike's hard lemonade. Definitely. Like of all the beers we've had. You know, whether it's the table beer thing or like the stout, like those all fall more or less in the beer If you told me this realm. was like some kind of fruit soda, I, I, I could believe it. This, almost, doesn't, this almost. doesn't immediately taste like beer to you. No. It just tastes like some other weird yeah. thing. And I think that's why people like sours too. It's like maybe they're just tired or they're not interested in... They're tired beers. of fucking IPAs. There are quite a few. Though today might be the one day we don't have an IPA. None? Oh my God. None? Um, we, have some, we have something that's dry hopped, but it's not an IPA. Sweet Christ. Quick, to the beer store. <laughs> just pull out something else. We could just Find me it. an organ-themed IPA. They're all pale because they donate their organs. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're all pale and weak and shitty. Um, so yeah, Ruth sucks. Uh, Tommy off. And then she also sucks as a person and is mean. And But like Kathy's never really that broken up about it. Like, she doesn't really give a shit about much stuff. They, none of them give a shit. Even, well, I mean, they kind they of have even, a fatalistic sense of the world. But they also don't even give a shit about that. Like, they don't even... They're not mad at that situation. Well, it's, they're bred to... This is part of their life from the time they were born. They don't know it any better. They're just like, that's it. That's what I'm here for. That's the only thing I'll ever know. Well, I think Tommy says something about it. When he said, they always told us a little bit more than we could handle. So the idea would be in our head, but we wouldn't really process it. You know, so when they're little, they tell them what percentage of, this, of the truth that they could really comprehend at five years old or six years old, but then just like a little more detail that when kids well, hear things that, and they're like, I don't know what that, oh, you're saying words now, adult. They had that one rebel teacher who told them everything. Miss Lucy. And they weren't even shocked though. Like they're like, yeah, we know all that. Cool. And then she quit or got fired. I don't know if it's clear. Lucy Wainwright. Yeah, I don't know if it's really clear. They were so disappointed in Lucy Wainwright. She wanted, to, well, so the big thing, um, I mean, is there really anything else besides like the issue I, I mean, of like, why Elsham did what it did? I, I, th- I always thought it was strange how um, the kids did totally just accept that their lot in life is to totally donate their organs once they reach adulthood. That if this was a more 
sort of like current young adult dystopian thing where people are raised as clones to donate their organs. The main point of the book would be, you know, the clones start a revolution against, against the government because they don't want to, they want to have their own lives rather than just, you know, donate their fucking organs. And probably because I've read a bunch of those books recently, I noticed it being really weird in this book. Definitely very strange. So the reason that, um, Hailsham is special, we find out at the end of the book is because the, guardians who run mm-hmm. it and the madam have been trying to show the rest of the world that it's wrong what they're doing that the clones really do have a soul and therefore <clears throat> i have ancient soul wildflower mead that is a sweet mead like it's a sweet from the bee nectar meadery it what is, yeah bee nectar meadery okay it is oh 14 percent alcohol so like wine territory so, yeah, they're trying to prove that the kids have souls, which is why they are so uh, fetishistic about art. Make them learn art. Well, they figure if the kids can create convincing real artwork, that people will realize that they have a soul. Because some people still deny it. They're like, they don't have souls. They're clones. They're not really even full-fledged people. They're just organ vessels. Ooh, that smells whiny. Ooh. It's both, like, really sweet strangely sweet i mean because it's meat it tastes like you know other the other meat that we had but um it's like very sweet but very strong at the same time it It is is, it's it's a weird mixture of feelings it's not quite as strong as the other one we had that one just had a more intense flavor than this one but it was a lot it's almost like like uh sickly sweet is kind of the saying it's just like it's like ooh, okay yeah this is a lot i kind of dig it though it's it's nice it is a bit strong for this (laughs) <laughs> but for um, meads A lot of meads you have Kind of just taste like white wine You know Especially since I'm not a huge wine I feel like I've had meads that, that weren't white They're not Are they there, make, are there dark ones Are they different Well they add, there's a lot of meads That have fruit added to them Okay But most meads end up being light colored Unless there's something added to it Just, just because it, it goes in honey It actually doesn't stay honey Right Like the, the yeast breaks that sugar down And since honey is like Fairly easily um, Digested or whatever By the yeast you end up with a light-colored thing, unless you dye it or something, or push it in there. And there's all fancy names for those meats that have other things. The only one I had was uh, Viking blood. Yeah, Viking blood was a little darker, but Mm -hmm. that was also hopped and had hibiscus added to it, so it might have gotten some color stuff to it. Well, it had hibiscus. It's a reddish color, so I guess I've never had just like straight up meat besides that one. Um, We had meat for something. There was the The Viking's blood. No, American gods. But we also did it for... Did you have American God? Yeah. But we did it for The Hobbit, I think. I had Old Wayfarer, the oaked mead. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a weaker one. That was like 6.8% alcohol. I, think, I don't remember so good. Yeah. Well, you blacked out, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Every week. Every week. That's how often we record. <laughs> Definitely. Spend half of our lives here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the whole, whole goal kids find out at the end, when they learn that there is no such thing as a deferment, when Kathy and Tommy finally end up together after that bitch Ruth dies, I'm sorry, completes... They then, <laughs> and then Tommy and Ruth complete. Oh, Tommy and Kathy complete all over each other. Oh yeah, all over the, <laughs> all over her face. I'm gonna, com- I'm gonna complete, complete on my tits. So, I haven't donated those. <laughs> <laughs> That's depressing. Yeah. So they find out that um, <clears throat> Hall- uh, Hailsham yeah. was set up specifically as. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck does that even mean? Like shum, it's only come to me. That's what <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, it's close. It rhymes. So, uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss rules. <laughs> so Hailstrom was set up as a, to be, to take some of the clones, because they couldn't afford to educate all of them, and give them a super high-class education. Although mainly it so seemed like get art, a real smart liver. art, philosophy, and literature to try to show everyone, to show the rest of the world that they really did have a soul, and that they really were people, and that they people should care about them. But... Uh, obviously, it didn't work. Cause no, because Hailsham closes down. Closes down, and the, these kids are obviously still having to donate all their organs. And one other thing the woman said, the madam said that, oh, we, you know, we had such revulsion for you, but we knew what we were doing was right, so we kept doing it. It was so just, it was so just awful every day. Yeah, we'd like, like they were just, they up. were disgusted by the kids, like the, the guardians. Well, were, how, do you, how do you think real teachers feel? Imagine if you're teaching a bunch of clones. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if, I think they said that because they're like. Sort of like this abomination, right? Like they're this being created for to be slaughtered, right? It's kind of like how can you not be like kind a of bunch repulsed, of veal? Repulsed by that. 
Yeah, there's human veal. They're the Wagyu beef people. <laughs> They're massaged every day. <laughs> Corn fed. So they, uh, they find Rice out fed, that I it's mean. been closed down. And the madam and Miss Emily are like, yeah, as long as politicians felt like they can get something out of it, they supported it. As long as sponsors felt like it benefited them in some way, they gave money. But then that kind of dried up. And there's like thing that's just th- like a throwaway topic, the Morningstar incident. They mention that like 15 mm-hmm. times before they tell you what it is. And they're talking to Miss Emily at the end of the book. She's like, yes. And then there was the Morningstar incident. But you children had a question. What was it? And then they're like, well, the, the, you got to say, oh, yes, that's right. And then there was the Morningstar incident. And they, then she finally says what it is. And it's like some guy was doing um, like human clone, like genetic engineering kind of stuff to make children that were smarter and stronger uh, yeah. and faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then people were like, this is fucked up. You this is fucked up. But we're okay with that other thing. And they're like, don't do that. And you know what? Stop being nice to them, too. They're fucking, they're just there to replace my old parts. And uh, they close down the school. And they feel... Um, Fuck them. Yeah. So I think reading this the first time, I was like shocked when I found out. Like, I didn't see it coming at two-fifths through the book where you find out what's, happen- what's going to happen to them. And then I spent the rest of the book kind of like hoping, like, when are they going to go on that like revenge thing and like kill some people and escape? Like, you know, because like, that's like the actually mm-hmm. American version of the story. <laughs> like, totally. Like, you're not taking my organs. Or like liver free actual or actual <laughs> Japanese version, but since this, guy, this guy's like Japanese British, he he moved to the England or wherever he moved in the UK as like a five year old. I think if if he'd stayed in Japan, it would have been a very different ending. You would have you had to cut out your own organs when and you would have been inside yourself. of a robot, <laughs> and then you bought used panties from a vending machine, and and thirty men jerked off onto a squid. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah. man, that squid was looking pretty good. <laughs> Weird, I didn't know squids had white ink. Squids are so sticky. Sweet octopus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the British version is like, they're just like reserved. <laughs> it's like, yes, we will upper lip. Stiff upper lip, exactly. They, and is. then they just go to their fate. Just with, you know, British, you know, whatever the word is. Do you know why people in Britain have more mustaches? It's so you can't see their lip shake. So you keep a stiff upper lip at all times. You made that right up right now. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> But you thought it might be true. You thought it might be true for a second. I think I would have heard about that if that was true. I don't know, man. There's some deep cuts out there on British mustache knowledge. I think, I think the best word I can give is a, a plumb. I think go with that. They're like assured and confident like this is the right thing. This I don't know, is I don't know if it's, I don't know if they feel it's like a duty. They just think this is it. This is all I've ever known. This is not, it's not, they don't feel like a sense of obligation. It's just like this is what I'm for. Yeah, whatever, I wonder, man. I wonder if this is related to Britain's very, very dense a very very impenetrable class system that they've had for like the past you know 300 years like this is a theme in ishikuro's work his other really famous book is the remains of the day and in that it's kind of the same plot like Some a dude just kind of like to serve yeah you just kind of do your thing you're born into this level of society this caste and you do what you have you're supposed they, to do there they still have a fucking house of lords yeah it's like they're a modern-day democracy, but they have people like, he was born into Congress. Like, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. You know who, uh, um, who's that guy from uh, Waiting for Guffman and all those things? Which one? Uh, the one who's married to Jamie Lee Penis. I don't know. Curtis. Right, Jamie Lee Penis. <laughs> Christopher Guest? Yes, Christopher Guest. I think he inherited some sort of British title. Well, he's I American. I think he's inherited a thing. I think he's of uh, some sort of descendancy. He didn't earn it like Rudy Giuliani? Rudy what? Rudy Giuliani's a knight. He got knighted after 9-11. I thought you could only knight a British subject. No, they knighted Rudy Giuliani. Wow. I'll just knight anybody. They just, they just knighted Ringo. Yeah, if that doesn't prove they'll knight anybody, I don't know what does. Well, fuck, what the fuck did Ringo do? <laughs> nothing. Exactly nothing. He played the drums in the Beatles. He played the same beat very well on 300 songs. He wrote Octopussy Garden. With George Harrison, who refused, who didn't take the art of writing credit. Because he was doing it as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, it hurt him so bad he got cancer and died. <laughs> Oh, my sweet Lord, that is not cool. <laughs> it's not. A, it's cooler than running a song with a Ringo. <laughs> Something. We're going to put it on the fridge, Ringo. <laughs> Was that a family guy? Yeah. We'll sing oh, it every I wrote time a song. To, I'll sing it every time we go to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. It's British stiff upper lip nonsense you made up. Classist society. Yeah, I think that's a big theme here. I think this is like an allegory for that. I think that's in a lot of his this guy's books, so the ones I read, that... 
you know, he has his like story, and I think that's why literature people really love him because he could like, mm. there's like a message here, man. There's a there's a. See, I, I have never been good at picking up messages from books. This is like really heavy handed. I mean, you're not going to pick up the message that we don't want to hang out with you sometimes. But I know, but know. I keep bringing beers. So you let me in. <laughs> so that's why we let him in. Whatever. Oh, okay. It works out for everyone. I don't cut myself one night, and you guys get beer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's our class. That's the class society here at the yep. Drunkest Book Club. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, we're doing more. Well, you know what? Um, Fill me up. Um, let's do this one. This is a light episode for us. Thank God. Only, only seven beers. No, five. Six. Six. Oh, God. I'm still drunk enough. That Half I as many as the last one. So I think that's a thing here. I think that's like, that might be one of the things he's, he's speaking about in this book. Yeah, definitely. The sense it, of the it, British people it, it just kind of like accept their spot and not question it. And in a country where you still have fucking people born into Congress, as you said, or born into Parliament. They have a very... They, there's a destiny a element. Very regimented society. So this beer is Fruition by Brewery Amagang in Cooperstown, New York. It is a dry hopped wit beer brewed with passion fruit, mango, and kiwi. Nate, why'd you bring this? I brought, I I brought this. Oh, well, why didn't you bring this, Nate? <laughs> I didn't know it existed. <laughs> Good reason. Why did you bring this, Jimmy? Uh, because they come to fruition and everyone cuts out their organs. Ah, it's like the complete. Yeah, makes sense. Like this beer makes me complete. Do you like this beer? I actually haven't had it yet. Let me see. <laughs> This beer is fine. I don't. It smells a lot fruitier than it tastes. Yeah, kiwi is a L, an ingredient that doesn't really work well in beers usually, but you it's know? very colorful. Well, this looks like yellow. No, no, no. Like kiwis themselves are colorful. This is not. Yeah, kiwi looks like a like a runty cucumber that had sex with a ki- with a coconut. Think about it. It's like the same kind of inside colors, and then on the outside, it's got a little furry thing. It's a weird thought. I know. It's like, well, like all the other weird things from that part of the world in Australia, New Zealand, like the strange animals and things that have been separated is that, for. Is that where kiwis are from? Hun- like, is, that, is that where they're called that? I mean, that's what people from New, New Zealand, Zealand are called kiwis, right? I thought that was the bird. It's, it's also, also a bird. It's also a bird. I, did, I guess I, I didn't I know, know where kiwis are from. from there. I do know that the kiwi plant has a. Uh, you need to have two of them if you want to actually grow any fucking kiwis. You need a male and a female. The one plants one. need to fuck. Yes, yeah, they sexually reproduce. And are vine. I was looking into buying one at one point. I don't get. Uh, passion fruit is like a really bitter flavor. Or very tart I'm not flavor. sure I've ever had a passion fruit. I've had passion fruit flavored things several times, many times. It's probably. a pain in the ass, but I've never, fruit. I've never even fucking seen one. I don't know what it looks like. It looks like a purpley. It's purple. I think so. I don't fucking know. Maybe I feel like, or maybe the inside is purple seeds. Oh, I'm gonna look it up. I, I thought I definitely had. I thought it was like a weird orange. So I don't really like passion fruit. Got like a tart kind of flavor. I don't really get that out of this, and I don't get the mango at all, which usually no, no comes mango. through really strongly. And kiwi also is a distinct flavor. It just kind of has like a fruitiness that maybe I'm just not... A little bit of a tart flavor with beer. It's like when they that's say it. fruit punch, and it can just mean whatever the fuck. Do you know any fruit in particular. Do you know um, the song Tutti Frutti? Yes. Tutti Frutti means like all fruits. I'm not making it up. A wapapalooba. Yeah. Yeah, a wapapalooba. Like, tutti is Italian for like all. Yeah, I've had the gelato. Yeah. So tutti all, Frutti. Tutti Frutti, like all fruits. So this has that kind of thing where it's like, there's a fruit taste. I can't yeah. tell you which fruit it is. Generic there's a lot fruit. of fruit tastes. I mean, it's not quite Hawaiian punch fruit taste, but... Well, nothing's that good. But I also don't really get the dry hop flavor out of it either. You know, there's like a lot of different things happening here. Maybe there's too many things and they cancel each other out. Like all the fruit bounces out the hop bitterness, so it ends up being neutral. Or certain types of hops have a, have a citrus fruit, have a you know, fruit smell that you're not going to actually... It's, you're not going to be able to tell, am I smelling the hop right now or am I taste smelling the mango thing? Who knows? It's cool. There's only one way to settle this. With a different beer? A different beer. <laughs> That's the only, that makes sense. I, I've done science you know, before. Problem solved. <laughs> More beer. Our final, our final beer. Live in the moment, the guys. Evening. Live in the moment. Uh, I brought this one. It's from the Left Hand Brewing Company because they donated their left hands, too. Um, they donated their right hands. It's called... So they can only use the left. Wake Up Dead Imperial Stout. Oh, that looks mm, dark. Um, um, oh, my God. You could cellar it for up to five years. It says hints of raisins, black licorice, coffee, dark cellar, followed by earthy, I barely know herbal her. hop notes, 10.2% alcohol. It has a best buy date of January 2023. 23? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a long time from now. I was wondering, um, random thing I noticed about the book, there are 23 chapters. And I was wondering if there's any significance to that, like since it's cloning and shit like that, like numbers of chromosomes or something like that, or is that just getting way too English teachery? I mean, anything's possible. It's... It could be random, but it could also be a thing. I, I, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I think numerology is a thing for him. But is wait, it? Wait, no, I don't know. I mean, numerology has nothing to do with chromosomes because numerology is fucking bullshit. That's, <laughs> that is true. 
Uh, so I got wake up dead because they go in for their donations and that's what they do. And they wake up eventually. dead. You know, they, they don't wake up. They, they wake up dead. They, and they talk about how sad it is when someone completes after only their second donation. And I wonder what they must have. They hate it when they complete too soon. <laughs> <laughs> they tell them to think about baseball so they don't complete too soon. <laughs> What's baseball? We're British. Let's do cricket rounders. Oh, yeah, they play rounders. They play rounders all the time. That's, ki- that's kind of like cricket. Maybe? I think rounders is like a bowling thing. Who the fuck knows? British, no. British sports are stupid. Cricket is the best. The sport. reason we started our own country. It, that is a cricket is amazing. It's like hillbilly baseball, played by posh people. Packers, baseball isn't hillbilly enough by itself. No, it's like there was a thing it's like inbred baseball. Like the rules stop making any sense. That's because like, there's too many rules. But the rules in cricket are like, how big is the field? It's a field size. Who knows? Fuck you. There is no specificity to cricket. They're like, hey, how do you get out? Uh, if they catch the ball, or you're not in the stadium when it's your turn. <laughs> like that's a thing. the games can last days yeah there's like different leagues of cricket specifically for how long the game is there was a thing a few years ago maybe five six seven years ago uh india and pakistan since they were part of britain very into cricket also very much hate each other it's true mm-hmm. uh they had a, those nukes at each other they had those yeah. they had a cricket match india versus pakistan you know national teams i forget which one won the brown one the brown one won. <laughs> but the losing the losing team they didn't curry any someone, favor. Someone, <laughs> they did not. They were very sorry. <laughs> one team played real Islamabad. Oh. <laughs> Either way, one team lost. How many wins did they have? None. 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 <laughs> there you go. I made one. <laughs> yeah, he did. I made a pun. Too so, bad we have to cut it out. I know, I mean, that's the dilemma you're going to face. Like, I can I keep that one in? <laughs> well, one team lost. And so his country people were very pissed at him, and they broke into his hotel so room. They Calcutta him from the team. <laughs> no, they broke into his hotel room in the night, and they fucking murdered him. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, that's crazy. The end. <laughs> I thought your, the point of your story was going to be how long the game went. I thought it was going to be, and the game went on for five. Why do you days? think they they, they, believe they get reincarnated so they can <laughs> keep playing the same game of cricket? <laughs> it's been playing since the Vedas were written. You know, Darth and Darth Veda. Darth Vader, yeah. <laughs> Suzanne Vader, the one who sang uh, Luca. <laughs> Veda from Street Fighters, too. Same one. Anyway, uh, so what do you think of the beer? It's a it's a stout. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, it's got a little a little more going on for it. It's interesting. I definitely get the raisin taste from it for some reason. That sticks out to me. What else is in it? Well, I don't think they put that in there. They just say you're going to taste it. There's hints of raisin, black licorice, coffee, dark chocolate, and earthy herbal hop notes. I do love a good. The ingredients taste the are raisin. just beer things: water, barley, hops, yeast, and flaked oats, which you're not going to really taste as much as you'll feel in the body and mouthfeel of it. I think it's pretty good. I don't know if I'd really like hang on to this for five years. I don't know how it's going to change. Five, five years is a long time. I have um, some beers I've held on to for a few years. I have a. Uh, um, I buy several bottles of Goose Island Bourbon County every year, and I just hide them under the stairs, like like Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some beers that you can hold on to for a while um, that I have. And I've held on, some things I've held on to for a while, it get like, more interesting. Um, and some things are like, that's kind of not great. So IPAs are a terrible thing to hold on to because the hop flavor kind of goes away. And it tastes like tea. Whereas Tea? Yeah, like tea. Like I had a Dogfish Head 120 IPA weird. that was four years old. And I had it kept in you know, cellar temperature in my fridge. Uh, I have a beer fridge that's set to 51 degrees or something like that. It just didn't taste great. But stouts can super hang weird. around for a while. Because the hop flavor doesn't last. Like, that's the yes. flavor that goes yeah. away. So certain things, I'm told, don't last long. Like, coffee flavor doesn't last. Um, hop flavor, for sure. So those sort of things aren't really ideal. But a big stout, you can hold on to for a while. So this, you could. 10.2% alcohol, this definitely isn't going to go bad. It's not going to get stale. Hmm. I just don't know if it's going to get better. Uh, I've heard of people who, when they have a kid, they buy them, like, a, or her, a, it, a case of wine. And then like hide it somewhere, like a vin- like they buy it from the vintage of that the year the kid was born, and then they give it to the kid when the kid's twenty one, which is like a cool thing. I mean, if my dad did it, it would be a case of fucking Heineken. But <laughs> this <laughs> Heineken son. light is twenty one years old. Year old Heineken light <laughs> tastes like old piss. <laughs> oh, it's exactly fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Hasn't aged today. <laughs> but I, I get. I wonder. I've looked online. Like I don't know if anyone's ever done that with beers. I don't know if there's any beers you could hold on to for that long. <laughs> You can't hold on to anything, so I'm just going to hold on to beers. Never let me go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this says you could age up to five years. Sorry, I only bought one bottle, so we'll never know. 
That's okay. Unless the Left Hand Brewing Company wants to send us some old ones and tell us what we should do with it, like hold on to it or something. If they send it to us for free, I will gladly hold on to it for five years. Ooh, challenge is thrown. I'll put it in a cabinet and not touch it for five. We got to keep it somewhere cool. Cabinets are pretty cool. Like fifty degrees. They're red. (laughs) Cool. Cabinets are pretty sweet, dude. So I like this one. I mean, what do you think uh, of the crop today? What was your favorite? Uh, maybe the, the sour juice one. I don't really know. I like the mead was interesting cause I never, I don't really have a lot of mead. Yeah. The first two were kind of the most drinkable. I mean, they're not very they were strong, very crushable, very easy to just drink a lot of them. Tasted fine. <clears throat> the mead was, I mean, I think I'm just not used enough to mead to really like get into I can't that. Imagine there's anyone yeah. who's used to mead. Vikings. I was a little disappointed with the mead cause it was like 17 bucks for this bottle. And I was like, oh, this isn't that great, but I got to keep drinking it. Yeah, we had a lot of things there, like the Yours Truly and the Off-Color Little Friend are like session beers, so they're just going to be fine. You know, there's nothing bad about them. They're just, you know, they're They're fine. It's not like, that's not going to ever be the beer at the end of the day when you're like, man, that one was amazing. That was a beer. That was pretty good. Nothing really like blew my mind, blew my skirt up. Yeah, a little little bummed here. Kind of like reading, like the characters in this book are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kind of like. Or just me reading this book. I don't, I think that. So what I found really, think reading it the second time, I feel like the main character, the main characters in the narrative, they actually like miss the plot. Like they don't see the interesting thing. It is that their situation. They're so repressed. Well, they're, that raised, they don't they're raised identify in isolation. It. They have no outside perspective to see that this is fucked up. And they live in a world that's all fucked up. And, one th- and what it never even mentions in the book is that, you know, they just don't have parents. They're clones. Well, I mean, yeah, but, you know, most kids who are in British boarding school, they still have parents that they go back to, you know, for holidays and for the summer, and they still have, they still have families. But these kids really don't have families. They're just there at boarding school, and they have no... I just feel like that would be, that would be an incredibly weird thing. Sure. That I can't believe the book didn't deal with that. It well, didn't even mention well, it. They, well, they, they, they don't, don't know. know. They have no frame of reference. And they, it explains why they're so close to each other. And to the guardians that they care mm-hmm. about them so much that they don't have any other outside world. And I'm reading it the first time, I kind of I didn't really think about that, but I guess I just kind of thought, oh, maybe they're orphans. Or who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they don't ever talk about their families. And they actually mention a war, but not until way later in the book. And it's not clear which war. I feel like it's a made-up war for this book. Well, it, they mentioned decades. They mentioned the fifties and they mentioned the seventies. Like the kids were all born in the seventies, and in the fifties after the war, so is that World War Two? Mm-hmm. Is when they made all these amazing advances in science that allowed for the cloning of humans. Yeah, I guess. Amongst, you know, and then everyone's like, well, I don't want to give up not dying of cancer, so just keep making those clone kids. And, um, and that's what happens. I think, uh, I think it's interesting, an interesting book. I, I know it's kind of slow. I think it's an interesting concept, but yeah, it's pretty slow. But it's also short. and Yeah, certainly. Like it, it's like not, it doesn't draw on. It's pretty, stuff's happening pretty much every chapter. Like hints are being dropped about what's happening. Or what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, but once you have, once you know what's going on, like, two-fifths of the way through, no matter how many hints they drop, a lot of it is still just, like, teen angst. Yeah, but it's... With, like, this weird backdrop, but it's not really that much of the book. So what is the book about? It's a teen angst book. With a weird sci-fi With a a weird, yeah, with, like, a one weird thing. But it's 80% young adult, boarding school, growing up, coming of age, dealing with stuff. I think just because um, I read his more recent, his most recent book, The Buried Giant, which is like a medieval fantasy, but he said that he wrote it to, he wanted to write about collective memory and societies that forget trauma and terrible things, thinking probably about like the Germans after the war who like, we were all on vacation. He wrote this thing about the dragons and knights and shit like that. I think this is some sort of allegory and I think it's about class in England. If it, yeah, if it is that, then sure. Okay. That would be. It's better. an interesting way to go about it. I mean, last we talked about Slaughterhouse Five not too long ago, and the sci-fi weird shit there being a thing about World War Two somehow. Well, this is kind of a similar thing. You know, you have the teens finger banging each other in the cottages, and they're getting their organs cut out, and that's somehow about British class system and the repression of emotion in England. You can see that. It could also, to make a connection to Jurassic Park, it's also kind of about the dangers of science and about how uh, 
you know, clearly this society okay? of England with all the clones, they people are more uh, people don't want to think about the moral part of. Yeah, we're it? growing kids just to harvest their what? organs. You just but we like this. We don't care about the consequences of the science that we're doing. Was it like what Ian Malcolm said? It was like just because you yeah, can, exactly. no one stops thinking about whether or not you should. Thinking about, thinking about can we? Can Precisely. We can? I never thought. Never stopped thinking if we if we should because well, life uh, uh, it uh, f- finds a way. Life, uh, yeah. Did you did you uh, all uh, look up the dinosaur skirts? <laughs> It's another line in the movie. Mm-hmm. Huh. Do you see their di- dinosaur balls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's... <laughs> if, you, if you can. Um, I agree. I think that's interesting, too. I think dinosaurs have made this book way better. <laughs> dinosaur, dinosaurs make every book better. If and a T-Rex it, just came in and ate Kathy H, this book would have been better fucking awesome. I always remember the velociraptors at Hailsham. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. What do you, <laughs> they harvest the organs to feed the raptors. The raptors don't eat the rest of mankind. They must be sated. When Miss Lucy wrote the Gallimimus across the <laughs> campus, we were all surprised. I don't know. I think it's an interesting book. I think, I think it's like very dense with symbolism and shit like that. And probably intentionally, I think this guy's recognized for being like such a craftsman kind of writer. I, Believe I believe that about this book. I've I never would read say, anything to I, confirm that theory, but I think it's that's I mean, what I believe. Right beyond now. right now, I've never heard of that reading of it. But if it is that, then I think it is much better than I understood it to be. Right. But that's only because I'm not good at figuring out shit like that. I've never been. And I'm going to quote Jimmy from earlier. Was it this episode when he said, "I'm very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I can turn on all the faucets in my house, <laughs> even the hose. Even the hose. We don't drink from the hose. No." <laughs> I don't know. So, having only read this book, it's kind of hard to ask the question: Should he have won the Nobel Prize in Literature? But since they give it to you know musicians now, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that prize has the same cachet that it had. But they know they kind of always give it to people you've never heard of because it's people who write in any language. And you know, I not actually know too many of the people. I mean, how many Nobel Prize winners of literature can you actually name? Yeah, you know? Dylan, Bob Dylan, Ernest Hemingway won it. Gross. Rabindranath Tagore won it. Oh, cool. Sully. I'll- Prudhomme won it. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn. Did he win it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Didn't that is. Uh, Boris Pasternak win it? I don't even know who that is. He wrote um, uh, Dr. Zhivago. Um, what about Maurice Sendak? <laughs> no. He's just where the dead things are. R.L. Stein? He did not <laughs> win it. <laughs> he should, though. The, your novels of terror gave us all goosebumps. <laughs> and here you are. Nobel Prize. R.L. Stein. 1998. Pretty sure. Uh, the woman who wrote Twilight. She's on that list too. I'm pretty. I think mm. I could be mistaken. Could it be. Might yeah. be Stephanie Meyer won the Nobel Prize in Literature as well. Um, E.L. James. Totally. That you know what she sh- should have won twice. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she was robbed. Totally robbed. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob Dylan. Should have been the Fifty Shades of Grey lady. <laughs> I don't know. So I haven't read three of his books. I think two were really good. I really liked the last one. I didn't like it all. But this and Remains of the Day were really good books. I'm um, I'm willing to give more of his stuff a try. There's not a whole lot of it. I'm willing. I thought it was really good. Did he, does he deserve the Nobel Prize in Literature? Who the fuck am I to decide? But um, I think it's pretty good. And pretty much everything he writes is like shortlisted for the booker whenever it comes out. So, you know, he's revered at least by critics and stuff like that. All right. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc, as in book club. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Thanks. Thanks.